Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. In the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Um, I remember the day mom called us to the office to ask us ladies if one day, one Sunday, we could share and minister. I was like, yeah, mom, we will. You know, in the street by and by. And then dad came, date set, 29th of August, and here we are. Praise the Lord. Um, this morning I have... Um, I'm not alone, as Dad said. I'm with my, bro- my sisters in the Lord. And thank you so much, Mom and Dad, for this opportunity. We're not taking it lightly. I, I know this, this is a sacred place. This is the altar of the Lord. This is where divinity means, meets with humanity. And we so appreciate it. And the topic tonight, uh, this morning that we're going to share on is fatherhood and sonship. Praise God. It's a topic that is not everyone's favorite, but maybe because we lack understanding when it comes to fatherhood and sonship. Praise the Lord. And as we, I was preparing, and then I obviously prayed and asked God, how do I go about it? And I, the Holy Spirit said to me, let us have a look at Jesus' life, praise God, and how this principle applied into his life and to his ministry. Amen. And we're going to read from Matthew chapter number 3 and verse 13. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. I like the boldness, praise the Lord, on the letters. Um, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. So Jesus's journey to go see John to be baptized was not a casual visit, praise God. He had a reason, he had a purpose, and he had an assignment. I did my little calculations, and I found out that from Galilee to the River Jordan is somewhere around 200 plus kilometers. So that means Jesus had to walk for days, praise God. And he was, I'm sure, exposed to bad weathers. It was mountainous and rockies, the rocky places. There was no Ubers at the time, praise God. He had an assignment, he had a purpose, he had a reason. I mean, Jesus could have immediately started his ministry. He knew who he was at the age of 12. He knew that he was, you know, called to to be the savior of many. The Bible even says that he grew in stature, in wisdom, and he grew in knowledge. But he needed to do first things first, praise God. As I said, why did he choose to go and see John and why did he choose to go and be baptized by John? At that time, John had already started his ministry. We all know that the message he was preaching was, repent for the kingdom of God is near, praise God. He says, repent for the greater one is about to manifest, the one who will bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. So therefore, you need to change how you've been doing things. Repenting that didn't mean that they needed to confess their sins, but to change how they thought and how they saw things, praise God. So Jesus 
the Bible says he, I'm, I'm sure he did his studies and he looked and searched, but he found what he was carrying similar to what John the Baptist was preaching, praise God, because in any case he was preaching about him. He had all the power. We know that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Like I said, he knew his assignment, his purpose, his mission, but yet he still chose to go to John the Baptist. Why did he choose to go to John the Baptist? So he could get under him, children of God. Amen. He was looking for a connection. He was looking for an authority. Praise God. Malachi, the fourth chapter, I didn't give you the scripture, the last chapter, the Bible says, the Lord will send the one who will prepare the way for him. And so this was prophesied. In other words, John's assignment was to prepare the way for the Messiah. So he was the authority at that time that God has set. Praise the Lord. The Bible says he went to be under John and he got there. And the Bible says in verse 14, let's read verse 14. John, uh, Matthew 3 verse 13, yes. It says, but John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you and why do you come to me? So they were cousins, remember. I think they were six months apart. So they knew each other, and John had the, he knew who Jesus was. But he said to him, he tried to detain him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? I am not worthy, in other words, Jesus. And like I said, they grew up together, and the he, he was very much aware of the spirit of... Um, familiarity not to creep in praise God I can make an example you know working for for the ministry close we're very close to mom and dad we see each other every day we drink tea together we eat scones together we pray together we love together it's easy for the spirit of familiarity to creep in but it takes somebody that understands what God has set in who God has set in the house it takes somebody who has the revelation on the thing to not cross the line hence John said I am not worth it to be baptized by you but look at Jesus's response in verse number 15 Jesus replies let it be so now it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness praise God Jesus said no 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 it is proper in other words we need to it's an order to make things to line up praise the Lord, to position things together. Righteousness, it speaks of to be properly positioned. Said, I understand, John, I understand, but relax. We need to do things properly. Praise, because, praise the Lord. I've got the power, but mom and dad has the authority. Hence, I need to submit so that my power can be released legally upon the earth. Praise the Lord. Me standing here, heaven is not surprised because mom and dad has given me the authority to stand here praise God and verse 16 as soon as Jesus was baptized he went up out of the water out of the water at that moment heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning wow on him praise God I love this the Bible says as soon as immediately the Bible says he 
got out of the water. Number one, heaven opened, praise God. As soon as we align ourselves with the authority that God has set in the house, we are operating under open heaven, praise God. We are operating under the favor of the almighty God. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be rosy, happy, because Jesus was led to the wilderness immediately by the spirit to be tempted by the devil, but he could face the devil because he had the mental on. In other words, uh, heaven and hell could recognize who he was. Hence, he had to challenge the devil. Praise God. How many remember the story of the seven sons of Sceva in the book of Acts? They saw Paul doing the things. They saw Paul doing signs, wonders, and miracles, casting out devils in the name because the Bible says there is power in the name. And the seven sons, they were like, ah, this name, it has, there's something about it. Let's use the, the name to do the things. And the Bible says the demons said to them, ah, who are you? Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? Because in the spiritual realms, they were not recognized because they were not authorized to use the power of the name. Praise God. Point number two, the Bible says a voice spoke. Praise God. I want you to notice, Church of Jesus, that when the voice spoke, God did not speak to Jesus. God did not speak to John the Baptist, but God spoke to the people. He made a declaration. He made an announcement. Put the scripture up for me, please. The scripture that says, behold, this is my beloved. In other words, Jesus' identity was revealed to everybody. Whoever was there, God himself introduced, and the Bible says he promotes him. That is why, children of God, we don't need to do anything. All we need to do is to recognize the authority which today is mom and dad in the house and God will do the rest. We don't need to be conniving, to scheme, to manipulate, you know, to do things in the flesh to get the recognition. The Bible says promotion does not come from the east, the west, the north, the south, but promotion comes from the living God. Amen. So once we get under authority, God himself, praise God, will recognize us. Bible says the spirit of God and the spirit of God descend upon him wait a minute wait a minute like I said he was Jesus I mean wasn't he conceived by the Holy Spirit he was conceived by the Holy Spirit so he knew the Holy Spirit he had the Holy Spirit hence the Bible says he grew in wisdom and everything so what is the Bible talking about there is a certain anointing, I said, of functioning that is released, children of God, once we recognize and submit under the authority. Amen. You could be there doing your own thing, but you're going to be there doing your own thing only in the natural. But until you recognize and connect yourself with the set order, God himself will release. A Bible says the Holy Spirit in a form of a dove, praise God, rested upon him. He was clothed, so an anointing to function in his ministry. Now he could go and do the work of the ministry, raise the dead, heal the sick, preach the gospel of the kingdom because he was released into what God had already called him to function in. Amen. Submission is very important. So Jesus' ministry was waiting for submission. It was waiting. His anointing was, 
his anointing to function was waiting for him to identify a man or a woman of God that he could connect himself with in order to be able to function. Praise God. As I close in closing this morning, Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, I said in passing in prayer yesterday that the Lord is coming back for his church. He's coming back for a church that is in order. The Bible says God is not the order of confusion. When he speaks, he doesn't just say things. Amen. Authority is not oppression, I said. It is not control. But in fact, it, it is prom it, and the person that is in authority is a promoter. He sees what you are carrying. And he seeks to promote what you're carrying. Hence, the slogan in the house is, be loved, find your purpose, and reach your destiny. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 What a profound word, Deacon Mapule. Uh, thank you, Mom and Dad, again for the opportunity for us to share this morning. So I'm taking from Deacon Mapule. Let's put it letters. I don't know how, but our notes somehow is the same. So as we see what Jesus was under authority, but after being baptized, Jesus became the authority over the disciples. So that made him a father and the disciples the sons. But stuff that stood out for me in their relationship is first, the head-to-head -head relationship, very important. The first principle of fatherhood and sonship is relationship. You cannot have a father and a son something without being in relationship with your father or your spiritual mother. So I wrote here that uh, relationship means that fathers will love us with truth, rebuke us, correct us. When in a relationship, father addresses our posture, but most certainly our characters. They're not only here to pat us on the back and say, well done. They are also here to give us firm rebuke, correction, and tell us, get your character in action, woman, like they did with us this week. <laughs> So in Luke 22, 34, Jesus did exactly that with Peter. Can we have the scripture up, please? Luke 22, verse 34. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. You will say that you don't know me. What, what happened there is Peter was in the right posture because he was with Jesus. So that means that when you're in the right posture... You are in the, right in the right position with someone, whether standing or sitting. But the character means that your mental and moral quality, Peter didn't have that. So that's why Jesus rebuked him and said, you will deny me. We must understand Father's rebuke to correct us so that the purpose can be fulfilled that we, which we have been called for. In our case today, we stand in postures as sons. But in our character, we are orphans because we have not come in alignment with the, with the character of the Father that God has given us. We have to bring our hearts into alignment so that our character can stand firm even when dad and mom rebuke us, even when mom and dad put us in places we don't want to actually be right now. <laughs> but that is what your character, that's why they built your character, so that you can stand through the tough times. And then the second principle is to trust. Mom and dad always say, we will fail you. But it's in that moment that you saw as your son that you are still trusting them. Because God has called them to be over you for a time such as this. 
It is not the time for your ego to run away and get offended because they have done something wrong. This is your time as a son to show mom and dad that yes, you have messed up, but you can trust us knowing that we are fighting the battle with you. That is what sonship actually means. It means you are there regardless of the storm that is coming, regardless if dad rebukes you from wherever, regardless if mom says something wrong, in the spare of the moment, the trust should not change. You should still be trusting them, knowing that they have something that you need to fulfill your purpose. <laughs> the disciples trust Jesus, even when he was taken to heaven. When he said to them, I am sending you someone else greater than me. They didn't run away. They waited because why? They trusted in the word of the Father. If dad is saying, I'm going to Pretoria, but I'm sending Pastor Urian, we should trust that dad had a plan and a purpose and not run to another church that Sunday because dad is not preaching. That is what trust in the Father means. Then we're going to go to the, the third one is commitment. I think it's something we struggle with as sons, is to be committed in every season. If we can go to Second Kings... 2 verse 2, please. Elijah said to Elijah, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah said, As surely as the Lord lives, as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Commitment, is, if, you, if you look at marriage, if a husband and wife is not committed, they can be separated. If there's no commitment, nothing else will flow. Commitment comes even in the difficult times. Commitment comes even when you don't understand why the next person did what they did at a specific time. There's the same in the church today. When dad makes a rule or dad announces something and you don't understand why he did it, you must remain committed. Because by your commitment, you will fulfill the call that you have been called for, for this house and for that time. But if you are not committed to, to dad to fulfill you, fulfill the promise that God has given him over your life, you are prematurely cutting your own destiny. Many times we are running from the things of God because mom and dad has made an announcement and we're not happy with it. That is not their fault if you cut your own destiny prematurely. It is because you have not been committed into the authority that they have over you. We have to come to alignment. I love it because when he said, go away, three times or four times he sent him away. But that guy stood. That guy said, I'm going where you're going. I'm grabbing what you're grabbing. I'm preaching what you are preaching. Even if dad say now, please go to COVID-19 ward and go pray for the sick. What will we do? Oh, but we will get infected. But your commitment to the work of God is very important. That is why God has given us spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. Not just because, not in jail, because we are here for, for, we are here for a time such as this. Then the fourth one is perseverance. I'm one of those people. <laughs> perseverance yo in difficult times it's hard people to push even when it's hard to push when you don't want to do something but you have to do something is very hard if dad is saying okay we're gonna build a new church but we all know the finances are not there for their church are we doubting him or are we gonna push with him to build the building 
That is the question. That is what perseverance with the Father means. Even when the plans are not making sense, you are pushing with the Father. Because when Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to the cross and I'm going to die, at first they didn't believe him. They were like, no, nothing will happen to you. But there were still some of them who persevered with him that were standing at the feet of the cross while he was hanging on the cross, giving his life for the exact people that wasn't committed, that wasn't trustworthy, and that wasn't in relationship with him. And that is where spiritual fathers come in. There's many in our churches today that is not committed. They are not trustworthy and they're not in relationship, but yet they go on their knees every night praying for the exact same person. Sacrifice their family time to pray for the people. Sacrifice their ministry time to pray for the people. Mom and dad is here every Saturday night. And that's a sacrifice they make, not only for themselves, but for the church they have been called to. And it's time that we as a church wake up and see that spiritual fatherhood and sonship is not just an injured thing that is around in the air. It is actually a personal relationship with someone. Getting to know their hearts, getting to know where they are coming from will make life for us so much easier as sons. And being in perseverance with them Show them how committed we are to them. Because they always show to us how committed they are to us. Yes, that's what I wanted to say about that. <laughs> yes, we have to understand that spiritual fathers are here to help us mature into the fullness of what God has for us. But without rebuke and correction, we cannot accomplish that. We have to guard our hearts, people. If you want to grow in the kingdom of God, you cannot love on offense. If you want to be a son in the house, you cannot love on every small thing and be offended. That your assignment will never be completed if you run away every time mom and dad speaks a word that you're not happy with. For them, in order for them to fulfill the purpose that God has called you to, you need to start teaching your heart how to live with and through offense. Because offense is the biggest destiny killer in the church today. Fathers also bless us, but not only just because of a blessing, they also imparted us mentals and missions. It's very important. Dad has a mental for the West Rand. I, I always look at it like that. Dad has a mental for the West Rand. To go out, feed the poor, do all of their things. And we all want that mental. We all want the mental of the West Rand. But none of us want the mission that comes with the mental. None of us want to go pray at clear water because that is the mission. No one wants to go to checkers to pray, but that is the mission that comes with the mental. How else will the mental will be fulfilled if the mission is not fulfilled? We must understand that two and two goes hand in hand. There's a mental, there's a mission, one on one. You cannot expect to receive the mental from dad but yet you don't want the mission that comes with it. Then you are not in alignment with the call of God for this church. Then you are missing it somewhere. You are missing your sonship somewhere. Because you cannot be a son and run away when dad is calling you for corporate prayer or when dad is calling in a meeting. <laughs> there is something about sonship that I've realized is that if I want the mantle of the, prof of the prophetic on mom, I need to run the mission. 
which means get out of my bum like mom would say and start prophesying because that is the mission we cannot have it without the other joshua and moses display this very well moses in part into joshua wisdom which is the mental but why did he give joshua the mental to finish the mission of going to the promised land the one could not have been fulfilled without the other one he could have run without the wisdom for the promised land, but would they have made it without Joshua being imparted with wisdom? We have to realize that the mission comes with a price. The mental comes with a price. In this house, like I said, the mental of dad is the West Rand. The mission is to go out, help the poor, and share the good news. Many of us want the mental, but not the mission. We cannot have the one, but not the other. It works hand in hand. In conclusion, in my ending, spiritual fathers is a blessing. But with all of this said, your heart needs to be in alignment with what the spiritual father expects of us. Your heart needs to be right, if I can put it that. The Bible says, guard your heart because from it flow the things of life. So your heart needs to be in the right position. If this fatherhood and sonship is done correctly, the relationship can be extremely rich whole and spiritually beneficial when fathers and son are walking together in truth freedom and wholeness it truly is a manifestation of the kingdom of god here on earth thank you mom and dad for the opportunity amen, amen. okay i'm going lost <laughs> the nerves <is> here. <laughs> thank you mom and dad for this great opportunity i want to greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And my sisters has been hoying here, but it's fine. Can I have my water quickly? Thank you. So I'm just gonna write, jump, jump right into this. This is a, a topic very dear to my heart. Personal little testimony. I come from a house where my spiritual father was my biological brother. So now you need to understand it's extremely hard for a stubborn-headed person like me to come under authority over a guy, under a guy that was, I grew up in a house with. Now he needs to be my spiritual father. So I had to have an encounter with God to understand what this thing really means. So first of all, fatherhood and sonship. Pastor Deacon Mapule mentioned about familiarity. And I've realized that familiarity is the killer of all of us in the kingdom of God. If we are too familiar with the anointing of the house, we will not get from the anointing in the house. Because we've been here all the time, the whole time. I'm too familiar with mom because she laughs with me every day. So now I think she's my friend, which is not what it is. So I want to go to Genesis 3, 37 verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born of him from his old age and he made him an honored robe, which is the coat of many colors, right? And I've realized, Dad, that I can only acquire the coat of many colors if I submit under a dad because sons cannot give you the coat. You, were, you have never been... A father, so now you want to give me a coat. 
Only fathers gives the coat of many colors. Sons will sell you to the highest bidder, Joseph, which is their, his brothers. They took him because they were jealous. They were all of these things. So what did they do? They took him, threw him in a pit, sold him. Israel's heart was broken when that happened. So let's go to the parable of the prodigal son, which is in Luke 15, 11 to 32. I'm not going to read the whole story, but all we know is that the guy came. He said he had two sons. The youngest one came, said, Dad, I, uh, give me my money. I want a hoi now. Don't have time for this. Working in the fields and doing the things. Uh, let, me, uh, let me go. And then the father took the, the possessions and split it equally. He went on, he squandered everything. And then when he came, the land got into a famine, which is so profound, Dad. If you leave the house without the blessing of the Father, you will find yourself in a land of famine. And in that order, you will sit in a pigsty and desire the things that the pigs eat. What do pigs eat? They leaves and dirt and mud and things. So he's sitting there and he realizes to himself, he gets to himself and he says, the servants in my father's house, it's way better than what I'm, I'm sitting here having absolutely nothing. So he runs back. He's there at the house. Dad is waiting with open arms, the Bible says. He's waiting every day he went out. He comes, where's my son? Is he there yet? Not yet. The older son is still there. He's doing his things. He's working in the house. And then one day as the father is standing outside, hopeful that my son is going to come back. The son comes, the Bible says, from a distance. And Apostle Hannah sees Abri because she left here. And he's, the Bible says, people, that he stood with open arms, waiting for his son with compassion in his heart. What did the father do? Because the first step the son did was decide to leave the pigsty, leave the land of the famine, and come back. There can never be fatherhood and sonship if there's no pursuing of the son to the father. Hence, the father ran to the son, grabbed him, and took him to the house. When he got there, he told the servants, Mapule, okay, you're not a servant, son, <laughs> son go get this go get this go get this only fathers will feed you fathers will clothe you fathers will put a ring on your finger which means a commitment that will never run dry he will commit himself to you to such a measure that when you die you'll stand at your grave and say no matter what you did back there you stole my son Amen. Isn't the Lord good that giving spiritual authority gives you such a hope? And so, beautiful thing, there's two things in this, in this story. You get the son that was extremely greedy. He came, he took it. I'm hoying now. But then you get the jealous brother. Problem, dad. Because at the end of the day, we are all sitting in the house. I took my stuff. I bring hoy now. I come back. But then my brothers, because they saw your hurt, right? They saw mom's hurt. They saw, ah, this killed this, this, the, the, my man, my, my father and my mom in the house. 
But now this one wants to just come back. She gets shoes, she gets a robe, she gets a ring, she gets the fattest calf to eat. I've been working here the whole year, getting absolutely nothing. And he goes to his father and he says, but you can't do this. This is so wrong. Ibria has been going on the street. She's been doing her things. She's been doing everything. But now you're giving her all. It's not right. It's not okay. And then I wrote down here. And the father said in verse 31, my son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But he, but we had to celebrate and be glad because his, your brother is not dead. He's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. And then I wrote down, a father will always be the one that looks out for you no matter how you left the house. Fathers are the ones that kills the fattened calf. Fathers are the ones that dresses you. Fathers are the ones that can, that can take you back when you've broken his heart time and time and time again. Fathers and mothers. Sons will always have an agenda. Always. They will always have something negative to say to the father about how you left the house and how you cannot be forgiven and accepted back. My message is we should be careful in the fact that we do not become, first of all, jealous brothers, second of all, greedy sons, because those are the killers in the house of God. And also understand that our sonship is a gift from God. And that if and when we honor the father, the one that created us, which is God, is that is when we're going to stand in greatness. The oil runs from the head down. Right? It runs down. Jealousy and greed are one of the biggest issues we sit with in the house of God. Luke 12 verse 15 says, Then he said to me, Watch out. Be on your guard. For against all kinds of greed, Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Proverbs 14 verse 13. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy and greed and jealousy rots the bones from within. Amen. So we need to understand that our heart should be in the house, not because we are just here because I, I firmly believe God has sent me to Johannesburg, which I hated the first few weeks for a reason. But I came into understanding that if I stand on the promises and submit, submission does not mean that you lose control of your life. But submission means that when you walk in submission under the authority that God has given, that you will understand the greater things and measures that mom and dad has on their lives. Quickly, backstory of Elijah and Elisha, my sister touched. I quoted Apostle Nikki, beautiful scripture. Elijah was, Elijah fired Elisha three times in one day. Wow. But Elisha remained with his father. Quote Apostle Nikki van der Westeisen. My question is, Dad, 
are we willing to serve even though we are not served or recognized by you? You and mom come, like Kenny said, and you rebuke us and you say, Every, ah, relax, go, uh, You know? <laughs> just, just do that. <laughs> Is your commitment based on how you are treated or what you can gain through your relationship with mom and dad? with your spiritual authority, or do you stay because God said to you that this is where you are planted? A tree can never grow if there isn't someone to water it. If I go and plant a tree and I forget about it there at the back of my house, it will die because I'm not tending to it, right? What you are connected to will ultimately strengthen you. Amen? Make sure your spiritual roots are planted in God first. And then the man and woman set in your life by God to shepherd you. Because we are ultimately sheep in the house of God. A sheep will always know his shepherd's voice. But sheep these days, they may and may, you know? This is what's joke. Many of us, this is something very powerful. Many of us walk around like stray dogs. And what happens to a stray dog when the SPC, SA, yes, finds them on the street? They take them, they lock them up until someone can adopt them, right? So like, like stray dogs and not understanding that we need a collar. So I'm walking with my bulldog in the street and he sees another dog but I, he has a collar around his neck which is an actual fact it's a very weird analogy the spiritual covering so what happens the dog barks bah, 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 bah. there's another dog so what does the spiritual authority does don't go because if you bite that dog you will ultimately have to pay for the injuries and whatever so we walk around like dogs without a collar, which is our spiritual covering. And when offense and the attacks of life comes to us, we are there. And we have no one else to pull us back and take us to like, what are you doing, Ibri? Stop. Relax. I'm here. I'm, I, I've got you. So family of God, this is the other thing. Our significance as human beings in Christ are as a result of what and who we are attached to and who we are connected to. Whatever you are connected to, that specific thing will bring you into significance. So if I take my hand and I give a hand to Elder E, she's going to take my hand. Hello, everybody. But if I cut off my hand and I throw it at her, she's not going to catch it. Because there's only blood and guts and whatever. It's, so there's nothing that my hand is connected to now. So my hand carries no significance to the hello. So what are you connected to? Because if I throw it, I'm going to throw it full of blood. And we are bleeding on so many people because we, do not, we are not connected to a source which is from God given to us spiritually. Amen. Family of God, many of us, those around us, are not sons. They are only serving to stay, to get a platform, a business deal, a packet of food, a pair of shoes. 
and they are here for opportunity and not because God said that they should be here. All this is for personal gain and not to serve in the kingdom or to be loyal and honorable toward the spiritual authority that was given to you from God. And then I'm going to end this year now. Rebellion. Rebellion is opposition to authority. Rebellion can become violent, as in an army in the city, but can also remain unexpressed. We do have those ones sitting here and then the rebels in their minds. But it can also remain unexpressed. Rebellion always begins in the heart. Rebellion against God's authority was humanity's first sin. It's Eve when she ate the apple. She rebelled against God's instruction which said, do not because you will die spiritually. The clearest demonstration in the Bible of rebellion is the consequences we found in them. King Saul came and God gave him an instruction. Mom, I'm almost done. (laughs) King Saul came, God gave him an instruction. Go to the land of the Amalekites. Go and kill the wicked King Agag. Take, kill everything, sheep, kids, everything, kill. What did he do? He took upon himself to take King Agag as a prisoner and took the best sheep and calf and all the cattle. He took it because it's nice. And God went to the prophet Samuel and he said to him, go tell Saul that I am displeased with what he did and I'm stripping him from the kingship and that I gave him. He was stripped because he was disobedient, Elder E, like you said. And King Saul, chosen by God to lead Israel, got too big for his shoes. He thought he knew better than God and what God wanted from him. So he disobeyed God's direct instruction and substituted his own idea. Instead of following God's directive to destroy all the plunder from the enemy's camp, Saul kept the best livestock and instead killing the wicked Agag, he took him as prisoner. Rebellion against proper authority is a serious matter in the eyes of God. The prophet Samuel confronted the king and he said, Does the, the Bible says, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination. And arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you. Rebellion, the Bible says it beautifully, is linked to pride and it is like witchcraft, mom. Because of Saul's persistent rebellion against God, he lost the throne and his royal dynasty was cut short. God gave the kingdom to a shepherd boy named David. So here I am. So for years we are in Frontline City Church. Every prayer meeting we are here, Dad. Every outreach. Every Lesotho trip. Every everything. I'm here. I'm doing the things. Yet in my heart I am not satisfied with what's happening. And I start rebelling inside of my heart. And I start disobeying what you tell me to do. I even make a poster because this. So I take three days to make the poster. You needed it yesterday. (laughs) So that's an act of rebellion. 
And that can take, like Kenny said, what God has given unto mom and dad, not take and prolong what I need. I could have gotten the bottle of water right now, and I'm thirsty. But because I didn't listen, I have to wait two days now to get water to quench my thirst. Right? Make sure that your heart is right, in right standing with God, and that you honor and your honor and loyalty will never be questioned by God like it did with, 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 with King Saul. Be a son to your spiritual parents. Search your heart each day that no pride and rebellion creeps in. Because tasting dishonor can make you lose your birthright. Amen. Through honoring the spiritual authority that God has commissioned, dad was commissioned and mom was commissioned and ordained for you, you will receive the blessings that are on their lives and the mantles that they carry day by day. So my message today is to always make sure that our heart is in right standing with God. Make sure that the submission that we give are not interrupted and, um, what's the word? Your English. Delayed. <laughs> Delayed because of our disobedience and our rebellion against the authority that God has set in our lives. I hope you were blessed and God bless. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website, www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.